Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 19, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 83, starting with paragraph 4. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Diane G., Twelve Traditions, Nancy S., Reading the text this morning is Larry K., Chelsea H., Carol G. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, May 18th, 2015, is 7650. 7650. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater. 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Melanie, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service and I pass. Thank you, Nancy S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 83, paragraph 4, and I will ask Larry Kay to begin our study this morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks so much for your service. Um, This is Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we we will be amazed before we are halfway through We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellow. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. 
fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. And good morning, everyone. Um, you know, in focusing on the, uh, you know, that first paragraph on page 84 or so, you know, we're, we're talking about the promises, of course, in step nine. And, you know, I, I know for me that uh, these were not extravagant promises, although they did seem so, um, you know, before they, they began to come to, to light uh, for me. And, uh, you know, I, I know when I read that, you know, they're being fulfilled among us because I, I did see them being fulfilled among other people. They just hadn't necessarily been fulfilled, you know, for me at that point. And, uh, and maybe there was something underfoot, you know, but, you know, my magical mind really was looking for, you know, something that, you know, an addict like myself, um, I look for um, instant results. You know, I don't want to wait around too long. Um, I don't stick with things too long. You know, uh, they, they're either working or they're not based on my feelings. If I wake up in the morning and I don't feel so good, then I interpret that with my perceptive lens as not as being something that's not working. But thank God that uh, that my higher power changed changed me in the way I'm thinking and. Really, you know, when it says, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, I think for me, sometimes things did. I had an epiphany, you know, that aha moment of insight, that sudden burst of insight. Sometimes things would happen quickly, seemingly so, sometimes slowly. You know, but but what was true is that last statement, they will always materialize if we work for them. You know, and, and, and going back to spirituality, I was drawn to something I was reading, uh, not in a big book. I, I read, like you may as well, I read, you know, outside of things, uh, the big book. And in, in the words of Socrates, it said that, he said that the key to a fully mature and richly rewarding life, both for us as individuals and as a society, is to follow the argument wherever it leads, unafraid of the consequences. And and that means something to me because um, I had to drop the rock of fear that this was a sh- this was a uh, this was a sham this was a this was a big nothing. You know, the argument took me where it le- led was to a place beyond what I could have imagined, what I could have understood, and hopefully these promises provide even a small encouragement you know, in this direction for the seeker that will be gratifying. And I, I know it was for me. And, you know, I mean, even, you know, looking at this, that, you know, the way of spirituality is not some form of like self-help, like, like we find the self-help section in the bookstore, you know, as though spirituality were some kind of, you know, do-it-yourself project, kind of a weekend activity to make you feel better about yourself. For me, you know, rich and deep experiences, experiences, you know, this type that we, we call spiritual, you know, they, they engage the emotions in very profound ways. And, and sometimes such experiences produce a deep sense of inner peace. That's been my experience. And we have a sense of, of, of living in multiple dimensions, not, you know, not normally accessible to a guy like me. 
you know, and, and sometimes there's anguish and torment. We're human. But the thing wrapping up, I'll say, is they, they have a lasting and profound effect on our lives. And, you know, I, we listen for the echoes of the voice that's, that might be addressing us. And that, for me, proved to be God. And it's not about science. I'll, I'll say that, you know, Isaac Newton, he wrote more about spirituality than all his groundbreaking contributions to physics. And he said, gravity explains the motions of the planets, but it cannot explain who set the planets in motion. And that's what this program and these promises have been for me. I can't explain why they worked. I just know that they do. I followed the argument. I took these steps, and it worked. And it still works as long as I stay true to this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Cade. Our comments this morning will be on the first paragraph on page 84. Who would like to comment on what was read today? This is Bella. Can I share? I am. Anita J. Hang on just one one second, please. I heard Janice M. I heard Matt M. I heard Bella. And I heard Anita. Hang on just one second, Carol, please. And Charles H. I'm going to go. Melissa C. (laughs) And Sally. I know that I missed a couple of those, hoping to just get a moment to grab them. But this is what I have so far, people. I have Janice M., Matt M., Bella G, Anita J, Charles H, Melissa C, and Sally A. Did I miss anybody? Carol G. Carol G. Monica. And I'm going to stick in Monica, and that's where I'm going to stop this morning. Thank you so much. Janice, would you start us out, please? Good morning to you, Melanie, and everyone. My name is Janice M, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, um... You know, these promises, you know, this this work, I mean, is it really necessary that I have to go to these people and make amends, you know? I mean, that's like a little bit too much, no? No, but it isn't. It isn't. It's uh, humbling to do that. And then through that and all the work that I have done with my higher power, my sponsor, with people like you in the in, in this program, um, you know, it does this work. It The promises materialize if I work for them. It says they, they, what are they, what's they, that's the 12th, <laughs> it's the promises, will materialize, they'll develop, it'll happen if we work for them. Well, what does that mean, work for them? I sat in the rooms for decades, and, you know, I would go to this meeting, this meeting will do it for me, you know, and I would be abstinent, but I still didn't get these promises. And, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get this sponsor because, you know, that sponsor is a good sponsor and blah, 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 and uh, I'll get it that way. Or I'll get it through the literature, or I'll get it through a certain food plan. Well, none of those, they were very supportive, but they didn't, I didn't work, I didn't have to really work that. And, um, you know, I don't get it by doing that. I don't get it by osmosis. So, you know, if she's a great recovered compulsive overeater, I'll get it from her. No, I have to do this work do this work you know it's a uh, the the title of the chapter is into action not into inaction and that's what i have to do i have to do it all these 12 steps and with that i pass thanks melanie Bye-bye. thank you janice m matt m you're next and then bella g hi good morning melanie thank you for your service good morning my fellow visionaries this is matt m compulsive overeater from new jersey um, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm the kind of person like, who's always done things slowly in my life. I never feel like I have to move quickly. 
you know, I moved to it, but I realized for me, I moved to the speed of pain, being pretty badly mangled before I commenced to do anything differently. You know, I'm a hardcore case. My head is as hard as a nut. And uh, for me, um, I see, I already see some of these promises coming through. I, there's some people I saw, I said, I didn't want to uh, make amends to. I'm looking at this list that I just made. And I'm looking at it, and I'm still like, oh, my God. Um, it's amazing that I had to make uh, Ford. My, my sponsor has finished up my fourth step. I'm going into the fifth step. And I'm looking at these. Some of these promises for me, I'm seeing already. My, I have changed in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not perfect. I still have character defects. But looking at myself now in the mirror, I can actually look at myself in the mirror. And I'm starting to like what I see. I don't love what I see yet, but I like what I see. And... Um, I don't. I realize I'm, my, my, so a lot of my cravings have gone down. A lot of my cravings for the bad, the things that are negative for me in life, and a lot of, I'm making much better choices. You know, I'm not um, instead of me thinking that I, I rule the world and the world has to do what it wants for me, and that it's only people who do as do as I say. Um, I don't have to be like that anymore. Um, I'm definitely somebody um, who is stubborn. And I'm just grateful that I have an opportunity to recover one day at a time and that I'm here because not a lot of people don't have a chance to make it into the rooms or people go back out into relapse and they die from the disease before they have the chance to wake up and they get, get their higher power gives them the chance. The disease kills them. I'm lucky that I was able to come out of that almost six-year relapse because, like I said, not everybody has a chance. And just for today, I want to save, I want to save my life so I can go out and help Countless others and help save, help them save theirs if they want to do the, if they want to do the work. And for me, just for today, I have the willingness to do this. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Matt M. Bella G. And then Anita J. will go after Bella. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G. And I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. They will always materialize if we work for them. Wow, it's so wonderful. Before I came to the program, I I believed that everything that I learned, I, I have to graduate, and then I have to get a diploma. Not in this program. Thank you, God. It's not a graduation program. It's not I finish the 12 steps and then I get a diploma and then I am cured. No, not at all. It's a life. It's to live the 12 steps, to live every day, 24-7, the 12 steps. And yes, we, 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 we have to live the steps all the time. And we have to remember that, yes, we finish the 12 steps, but we continue. We, I, I am human. I am human, and this is the way that God created me, and I will be always human. I am limited, but today I have, I, I, I change my belief. Yes, today I change my belief. Today I believe that it's okay to do mistakes if I am learning for them. And today I believe, yes, I can learn all the time. All the time I can learn and from everybody. I am not perfect and nobody here is perfect. Today I live, yes, I live. I live the 12 steps. So, yes, if I work the 12 steps, the promises are there. It's a wonderful, a freedom, peaceful life. 
Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Anita J, you're up next, and then Charles H, if you would prepare. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. You can hear me, correct? I can. Good morning. Okay, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, this is Anita J, recovered uh, compulsible reader out on Cape Cod today. Um, are these extravagant promises? I wasn't sure uh, that it wasn't just very well-written English stuck into this section because I'd read them, what, 20 years, 25, 30 years of reading those promises. And um, the only one I ever felt was, and it's not written specifically, but it's, you know, that life of sane and happy usefulness. I used to feel that way occasionally. Occasionally. Most of these things were occasional. I I didn't know my responsibility was, you know, is, it, is it occasional? Because you have to do your 5%. And um, somehow since last July, when I just love how I felt it then, you know, this giant turnaround on the world, um, it's it's daily. It's daily as long as I do this daily, and I have an awful lot to lose here if I don't. If I don't, and one of my greatest joys now is seeing sponsees. Uh, one really has become unrecognizable from the nice lady I met on the lines. I don't know how many months ago. It is just a privilege. It's a privilege to pass it on, to have something to pass on. And with my track record, I have found through these lines um, all kinds of people who have the same experience. And so it's all being put to use. Every every little bit I ever had, I get it. I see. And the funny thing is uh, Vision is the issue that is, you know, macular vision with, with me. I have some issue and um, not affecting me very badly any, uh, yet. But the point is, as that dims, I am seeing more. I am seeing more. I'm seeing with new eyes and a new heart, I guess. I guess that's what you could say. And it's, um, it's so much to give up those things that I haven't recoiled, they just are, they just don't mean anything to me. Isn't that incredible? That is the most incredible thing I ever heard. And that, you know, my husband saying you've reinvented yourself. All the credit goes to my HP. Nothing with me except that I listened and I saw. I listened to everybody here. I hear recovery not just one person out of 50 in the room, everybody. If they're not recovered, they're on their way. And I just pray everybody will keep listening. Don't wait till there's some bottom uh, that's yet to come because there always will be one yet to come. Uh, Thank you, God. I didn't have to go any lower than I did. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Charles H., you're next. And then, Carol G., if you would prepare. Hugh Melanie C., Charles H., a recovered visionary, calling from Yonkers, New York. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. I said we will intuitively 
know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Um, you know, before program, right, you know, um, I was loitering with an intent to be abstinent. Holy cow. I, I, that was my process. I was loitering. I wasn't going. I wasn't willing to work for nothing. I said I wanted to get something for nothing. Oh, I got something all right, but it wasn't something that was that was uh, of value. Um, but you know what? That's my process. They will always materialize if if we work for them every single day, no matter what. Get up, stand up, dress up, look up. Do it up. You know, my favorite word is up now, up, because I was down for the count. You know, but if I work, if I work at changing, you know, changing my my whole attitude and life will change. My whole outlook. I don't know a word for it. I'm not a thumper. I'm just one of them guys that like to keep my nose in that book. You know, um, continue. Continue to work for that thing. Whatever that thing is, continue to work for it, you know, and, and without any expectations, right? Because I know if I put the work in, eventually the higher power is going to do all the lifting. God will move the mountain if I bring the shovel. I'm bringing that shovel today. I'm bringing that shovel. You know, and, and I did a challenge, you know, in, 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 in my neighborhood. said, how much, you know, how many, uh, at least 10, 10 of us, going to take somebody new through the doctor's opinion before the month of June is over. Just something extra. Just work for that. Because when you work and, and you allow others that's willing to work, then the whole thing just going, it, it's, it's going to materialize. It will. It will. Wow. You know, I was talking to my wife. You know, you talk about fear of economics. I was talking to my wife. I actually pay her to cook for me, you know, because she's not working. But now she's working because she's materializing it. Ha. <laughs> I said, she was, like, complaining about money and this and that. I said, honey, why don't you try to put away something? She blasted me. I said, I love you for that. And and, and that's working because before I would have I turned the furnace on her. I was such a self-seeking, dishonest, you know, whatever. But now through the work, through the work and the higher power in my life and the presence of the conscious presence of a higher power in my life is the most important thing. Vision for you ain't going to do nothing for me. Big book ain't going to do nothing for me if I don't work. If I work, things will materialize. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Carol G., would you like to go ahead? We're waiting for Melanie. Oh, thank you so much. It's Carol, recovered in England. Uh, well, um, hello, Vision for You. Um, let me just recount what I was going to say. Okay, yes, this paragraph. I love this paragraph. It concludes our inventory process. It gives me time to have a quick pause before I leap into step 10, and I can just look back without staring. It interests me that they thought that these were extravagant promises. It's so humbling. I mean, I wanted to be promised so much more when I came to OA, but my def my deflated ego now sees the wisdom of the words. I mean, the steps kept their side of the bargain. I did the work, and I was given exactly what I needed, which was to be free of restless, irritable discontent. And the promises didn't turn me into a perfect person. 
give me a life beyond my wildest dreams because if they had, I'd be on a beach in Tobago right now and I'd own a Ferrari. It gave me something more than I ever dreamed possible. It gave me freedom from wanting to kill myself with food and that is a priceless gift. You see, I never believed that these promises would ever come true for me because I was so down on myself that good things were never going to happen to me. They would only happen to other people in a way, but never me. And I learned that it's not an indulgence to want peace of mind. It's not extravagant to feel useful or have that inner happiness and to just let the past stay in the past. Today, if all is well on the inside of me, all is well on the outside of me. And for me today, less is definitely more. Less food, more God. Less things, more freedom. I find these promises to be just the right ingredients for my new recovered life. Um, and I love the word materialize. It tells me it's just not going to be an abracadabra moment. That I have to work the promise. I have to work the inventory process to keep these promises, and I have to do it like my life depends on it. I think that's what I did because now there's like a bridge in the statement here. How it takes us, it links us from step nine into step ten, and it says these promises will always materialise if I work for them. I'm being told here that I must keep taking inventory. I've got to stay clean and clear. I've opened up a channel to the higher power. This has to be care of every single day and I now need to do step 10. I've had some kind of issues in the past at step 9 where I've breathed a sigh of relief and gone back to the food and I've watched many other people who I've been sponsoring recently do exactly the same thing as if they kind of give up and say oh I'm, I'm, it's over now but actually my toe has to immediately touch the next base which is step 10. And I have to have uppermost in my mind the one thought that is, I don't ever want to hurt people like I've hurt them ever again. I don't ever want to go back to being the person living in a delusional daydream. This happened to me when the desire to eat compulsively was lifted right out of me. I saw who I really was and my whole attitude towards inventory has now been changed. And it's a small price to pay to do step 10 each day to continue to feel these promises in my life. I just reflect just for a second to just say thank you and to say how grateful I am that I've been born in this century, that I've been able to join this celebration of emancipation. Thank you so much, everybody on the line who is saving my life every single day. Pass. Thank you, Carol G. Melissa C., this you're up next Melissa in the I'm, I'm sorry. This is Melissa <laughs> C. I thought I was supposed to be after Charles. <laughs> Would you like to go now? Sure, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hang on just one second. And Sally, if you would prepare for after Melissa, thank you. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, you know, this exact moment is the promise is coming true because, um, you know, asserting myself... <laughs> was always problematic for me. I was always waiting for the day um, when I was thin, and then I could have my say. Um, so I'm just finding humor in that this morning. Um, or I would wait and, and explode, you know. Um, anyway, you know, um, the notion of, of working for these um, promises, um, you know, that escaped me for a long time. I was... Um, I was the magical thinker. I was going to close my eyes and magically wake up um, in a perfect life, you know, not having 
done anything to make that happen. And that's what I thought diet and weight loss was the solution. Um, I thought, you know, there'd be a perfect diet and magically I'd be thin and that would be the end of it. I would graduate and life would be perfect. And, um, you know, that's not the case. And today I'm so grateful that every single diet failed because it all led me to this moment when, um, you know, I'm, I do the work, but the incredible thing is that I'm so happy to do this work. It doesn't feel like work. Um, you know, I run into people who haven't seen me in a while, and, of course, they notice the weight loss, um, and, and that's exciting and dramatic, and, um, and my ego can really get off on that. Um, you know, and, um, and then I know that it's much greater than just the physical. I know that I'm experiencing promises that I'm living a life today um, where, you know, I don't regret the past. I don't regret anything, and I don't wish to shut the door on it. And I'm not afraid of people. I'm not afraid of financial rooms. I'm, I'm useful. And when people say to me, oh, wow, you know, you lost so much weight. You must be working so hard. They're thinking the work is some sort of diet. They're thinking the work is sort of crazy exercise regimen. And, and that might be a piece of it, you know, healthy life choice. They don't understand that the work means that I, you know, I'm in conscious contact with my higher power and that I've uh, I let go of having to be right. My work today is um, being useful to my fellows and, you know, getting up every morning. I have to get my food over to my sponsor. I have to do the daily writing. I have to be in contact with God's peace. I've got to avail myself. My, my time has to be devoted to my program of recovery. Um, that's the work that I do, but my God, I the promises the things I get back, but a million times over, and um, I'm just so blessed, so grateful, and thank you with that all cast. Thank you, Melissa C. Sally A., and then Monica T., you follow Sally. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. Good morning, addition for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater, and these are such precious, these tiny little paragraphs are such precious little paragraphs. Are these extravagant promises? The word extravagant, it means unreasonable promises. Are these extreme promises? Are these excessive promises? No, we think not. And when I see this little paragraph, it's, of course, chiming in on all these promises we just finished taking a good, solid look at. And I wanted to um, just fill full um, a little bit here about this sentence. Um, we will see how our experience, I'm sorry, a little bit before that, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, I've been giving this a lot of thought. And um, someone triggered my mind um, in saying in an after meeting that it's not a weight scale. And I started to think it can't be a weight scale because these guys didn't weigh their, their booze and they didn't weigh themselves. So what is the scale? And, and looking at it from a medical perspective, there's this thing that we all are familiar with but never really think about. It's called the SUD scale, the Subjective Units of Distress scale. And it's used for pain when we're measuring people's pain. We say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most distressing pain, 10 being the most unbearable pain, um, 9 being 
feeling desperate and even freaking out because you're in so much pain, um, as opposed to zero being being at peace and serenity and total relief and no more anxiety. This is a scale that many people don't realize. We, we use it all the time. It's called this sudden, this, this subjective the subjective units scale, the, the, the subjective units of distress scale. So when we say those words, no matter how far down the scale, if we think of it as a pain scale or we think of it as a, a, a subjective scale of how much distress are we in, it makes a whole lot of sense as we come down the scale, as we have this, this progressive recovery, which leads me to this next sentence, we think not, they are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Well, some people, they, they experience these promises very quickly, and some people, or maybe they're more like me, I'm, I seem to be a slow learner. And for me, it's a, it's a slower process, and I feel in, in, in a large way that I've had a progressive recovery, that I have had progressive changes. But I'm getting weller and weller. I didn't just suddenly become well or just become recovered, but it's just been a progressive recovery. And it gives me great peace to know there are other people like me. There are people who are just like me. They will materialize if we work for for them. And I could say a whole lot about that, but I'll stop there. And, um, and thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally A. Monica T. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And and this paragraph, some of these sentences in here, what helped me to continue my work through the steps when I didn't know, when I was still restless, irritable, and discontented. You know, when those bedevilments on 52 were just really all my life. And here on this, on the, the, the ninth step promises are the opposite of the bedevilments on 52. You know, when I was in the beginning working the steps and my four-step inventory cleaning my house, I didn't have a clue about any of this stuff. What did all of this mean? But this little paragraph here kept me working, kept me going on cleaning my house. And are these extravagant promises? Now, when are we going to have these, you know? When we are in the process of cleaning our house with step nine. So that means I've had to have done steps one through nine, and I am working on nine when these promises will start coming to for me. And what worked for me here, what really, I hung on to this. They will always, not sometimes, not maybe, maybe once in a while, they will always materialize if we work for them. If I work these steps, one through nine, cleaning my house, I am guaranteed it's right here in black and white that I will get these. They may not come all at once. They may be a little slow, maybe kind of quick, some, you know, but they will always materialize if we work for them. And so I just wanted to pass that on to y'all because that's what really, you know, and who's, who's promising this? The first 100, we, the first 100 recovered alcoholics are promising this to you. The recovered people that I saw and heard in a room said to me, you do this work and you will go this. My recovered sponsor 
promised this to me, and I bet that anyone on this line who has worked these steps and received these promises, we all will say to you, we, um, they will always materialize if you do the work. And then it's just the beginning, because then we're going into step 10. And I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Monica T. Would anyone else like to comment on this particular yes. paragraph this, this morning? Vasa, oh, I'd like to share, Melanie. This is Hi, Paula D. Hi, Paula D. Anyone else? Santa H. Santa H. How about anyone else this morning before we move on? Okay, I'm Vasa O, Paula D, and Santa H. Good morning, Thank Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. And again, Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And I'm Vasa calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I love the promises. You know, I just love them. I couldn't wait to get to them. But anyways, my experience was I didn't have to get to the ninth step yet to get the promises. It started once I surrendered to God with the food. And it's by the grace of God I was gifted the gift of abstinence. I mean, I wanted that for 25 years of my life, you know, and that gift was granted to me, but I didn't just say, okay, God, now you gave me my abstinence and I'm just going to do nothing about it. Well, if I didn't go to my first meeting, if I didn't learn how to surrender, I wouldn't have been able to do to do that. And it was a day at a time, one meal at a time anyways. I mean, that was a promise I never expected. But what I heard, if I followed the directions in the big book, the way they are laid out, one step at a time, it worked because it worked for others. It worked for my sponsor at that time, and the 100 people that right here in the big book says, you know, they recovered, you know, so it gave me hope. I said, if it worked for them, then it's going to work for me. And again, my the promises were um, materializing as I was l- going through the steps, you know, the fourth and the fifth, as as it is, as as it's laid out, you know. And uh, we think not they are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They'll always materialize as if we go work for them. And that has been my experience. And I I love the promises, and I I still work through the steps the way they're laid out. I don't do it perfectly. That's why I'm still here and uh, with every one of you and sharing, you know, your experience and sharing my experience, and hopefully we can pass it on to the newcomers because my sponsor, I mean, she told me firmly, and she was so convincing to me, if you do this work, it's going to work for you, you know. God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And I'm not very good about expressing myself, you know, but God is doing for me that I couldn't do for myself. It's a miracle. This program, it's, it's, it's God-given to all of us. It saved my life. It saved me from killing myself with the food, from my, my, the, the emotional state of mind that I was. I have my peace today. I have my serenity today. And if I can give it away, I don't want to be in a chaos in the food, how could I give it away when I when I don't have something? You know, I cannot give it. It's like leading the blind, being blind and leading the blind with me. 
So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa O. Paula D., you're next. And thank you, Melanie, and thank you for your service this morning. And this would be Paula D. I am a compulsive obedient today, recovered by the grace of God. I'm just going to take one step back here. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And then I come into the promises. I read the promises completed, and then they say, are these extravagant? Wow. I would say so. I would say they're extravagant. Could I ever attain them? No. God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And then it goes on here. We think not. This word is what I'm going to camp at. They are being fulfilled. What does fulfilled mean? To convert into actuality. You mean? Maybe we read the word. Self-pity will disappear, but look what will materialize. To complete to carry out every single line. Do you know how many promises there are? Yes, because we live them today. Self-seeking will slip away. Another promise gone. Another promise that they said spoke. And here it is in actuality. They are being fulfilled among us. That's what it is. I don't just see it in me. I see it in you. And you see it in me, hopefully. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I don't care anymore. Because I know it's a promise and it will come about. They will always, and there that word again, materialize if we work for them. Thank you for allowing me to share. And today I get to live these promises. And so can you. Because they are for us as a fellowship. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Santa H. Good morning, visionaries. Uh, my name is Shanta H. I truly grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And Paula, thank you so much for that beautiful share. I was deeply touched by that. And I am just, I'm overwhelmed. I, this paragraph here, uh, are these extravagant promises? We think not. I, I, the jury's still out on that for me. Um, but are they being fulfilled among us? For me, on this line, I'm so grateful I get to see that. I am so grateful for my sponsor, my previous sponsors, all of you, my network, this line, um, how much you all have helped me. Because I got an opportunity yesterday to step out of my bubble and be in a world that I was not accustomed to. I, I was given a wonderful opportunity for the first time ever face-to-face um, to share my experience, strength, and hope about my addiction. And I walked into that room, and I saw something that I heard you all share about that I've never seen before, where you all say you walk into a room and you see the 12 steps and the 12 promises on the wall. And I walked into the room, and I'm like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. i never seen that before. i never experienced that before. And to be in that room yesterday and to share my experience, strength, and hope and to speak from that that wall and to say that I'm living that, I'm experiencing that, and then to be among uh, a group of fellows that don't have a clue what that is, and to them the promises are extravagant. I came home yesterday 
feeling so grateful. And I spoke to my sponsor this morning and shared with her how grateful I am because I came into this room just wanting to lose 100 pounds. I wasn't interested in these promises. I didn't even know what they were and didn't even care. And today, I, I, I just see how they're, they're, they're effortless for me, that I'm living them and didn't even know how grateful I am, didn't even know how fortunate I am to have a vision for you and, and to be in this world of a vision for you and to know that my entire OA program was cradled and guided and directed through all of you, through the grace of my higher power. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for the experience I had yesterday. And I'm just so grateful to be living in these promises. And I'm so grateful that it is not work for me. It is just a free-falling lifestyle today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. Would there be anyone else that would like to comment Susie, on this paragraph? Susie Y. Renata. Hi, Susie Y. Elaine and Renata. And Elaine. That might take Elizabeth. us to the end, just right there. And Elizabeth, we'll see if that works out. But uh, ending with Elaine may take us to the end of this meeting, and so we'll look towards the second hour. Um, but we'll see what happens. Thanks so much. Good morning, Susie Y. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for all your sharing. This is Susie Y., a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic in Michigan. Um, I wanted to comment on that last sentence. Um, I was very fortunate when I came into program many, many years ago cause, because my sponsor explained to me that if I was being dishonest and I no longer wanted to be dishonest, I had to do the opposite and be honest in all my affairs. And what that set me up for, which I didn't know at the time, was to skip procrastination. So from the very beginning, and I've been in program over 30 years, I had that process stuck in my mind that if what I was doing didn't work, that I should do the opposite, that I should think the opposite, that I should let go and give God whatever the issue was, but then I had to take action, and I love the title of this chapter, Into Action. Another thing that was so beneficial to me was I heard a speaker say, in order to recover in a 12-step program, you only have to do two things. One is completely change all your attitudes and ideas, and the other was to completely turn your will and life over to the care of a higher power. Those two things have served me well all these years because they've been the beacon that have kept me on track in, in order to be, make this my design for living. I remember in the beginning it took a lot of effort, but today it's very effortless because this is my way of life, and I, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Thanks again, everybody, for your sharing. I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, Susie Y. Renata G. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. And, uh, you know, are these extravagant promises? We think not. Um, you know, there are a couple of uh, passages in the book, like in Bill's story and Fred's story, that they talk about taking drastic proposals, you know, that the steps are drastic proposals. And so, you know, when I take those 
drastic proposals. They're simple, you know. I I get these promises that could be considered extravagant, you know. The these promises they were definitely extravagant in my, you know, limited human mind. But they're not extravagant for my higher power, you know, because only like it says in AA 12 and 12, an act of providence could have you know, relieved me of this disease. And that's that's what happened, you know. And it says here, and they'll be, they're being fulfilling, fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And I think it refers to, you know, again, like Bill had a, a, a spiritual experience, you know. He, he says that, you know, the moment he took those drastic proposals, the, the effect was electric. And so he's, his transformation was sudden. For most of us, the transformation is slowly. It's by, you know, reading in the book with our sponsors every day and taking each step. And uh, we will have what it's called a spiritual awake, awakening. And, uh, you know, it says they will always materialize if we work for them. And, you know, in the past, I thought that I was really working my program. Like, you know, last night I went to a, a meeting and people kept sharing how they, they, they've been working so hard and they go to so many meetings and they make so many phone calls and they have their action plan in, in place and they're still miserable. They're struggling with the food. They're nowhere near the promises. I, I've never heard anyone say, I've been working my steps every single day and I'm, I'm, I don't have the promises. I'm struggling. I've never heard anyone say that. But I hear people say, you know, I'm working the tools, I'm going to meetings, I'm doing this and that. And that's what I did too for two years. You know, I worked the tools of the program, but not the steps. And until I worked the steps every day in my life, I did not have these promises. And, you know, like was shared before, I have to go through all nine steps before these promises come true for me. Um, but, you know, if I keep working the steps, not just the tools, they will always materialize. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Renata G. And we do have time for about two more minutes. Elaine B., are you available to share for that two minutes? Yes, I am. Thank you very, Melanie, very much, Melanie, for your service. And I will Thank you. Conscious of the time. This is Elaine B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Very grateful for these promises, for this program, and for this meeting. Um, I just was reflecting on the fact that I used the fourth edition of this book. So that means that these original 100 wrote the book. And then they went back and they revised, you know, they, they looked at it. What are we going to revise? What do we need to change? They looked at it again in the third edition. What do we revise? What do we need to change? They looked at it again in the fourth edition. What do we revise? <laughs> and very few, very, very few, very minor um, things were revised, if at all, in the first 164 pages that we study so diligently in this program. And so... What does it say? It says that these extravagant promises, are these extravagant? Are we, you know, floating balloons in the air that you'll never catch? No. They're coming to pass. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they will always materialize. Always. So what does that mean? Only if you're a low bottom? No. Does that mean if you're a high bottom? No. 
does that mean if you're not even an alcoholic and you're an Al-Anon or something like that and you're doing this stuff, will they materialize? They will always materialize. But there is the condition that Renata just pointed out. And the condition is, is not just that we've done steps one through nine. Not that we sat in a, in a meeting and somebody read it at the end of the meeting. Not that we just put the food down. Not that we work the tools. It's that we work these steps and we continue to work these steps every day of our lives. And so if you've been working the steps and all of these material, all of these promises have not materialized for you, uh, these people did not change the book. And it went from hundreds to thousands to hundreds of thousands. And it will come to pass for you. Keep working the steps. And um, thank you. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Thank you so much. And, and thank you, Elizabeth S. We have run out of time this morning, and I hope you can stay for the next hour. And thank you to everyone who shared today. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Um, Chelsea H., would you be willing to read our book? It's meant to be suggestive only. Yes, Melanie. Thank you for your service. This is Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.